Hello and welcome to the Games Jobs Direct podcast. My name is Abby Dickinson and I am the marketing manager of Games Jobs Direct. In this, our second ever episode, I'll be chatting to Ivan Zagira at Barcelona-based mobile studio Social Point to find out a bit more about what the studio is like behind the games. We chatted about the hiring practices at the studio, why passion is always the most important thing and about the future of gaming as a whole. Oh, and just a heads up, Social Point have three parrots in their studio? From 12 minutes onwards, you might be able to hear the odd squawking in the background. Just in case you get a bit confused, like I definitely did. Enjoy the podcast. First question would be, could you just explain a bit more about who you are and what you do at Social Point? Sure. Uh, before going into my specific role here, let me explain a bit how the company is structured and then you will understand uh, I mean, what's my role. So basically, Social Point is structured around studios. Uh, we have several studios and, and every studio has a, uh, has a specific goal, right? Uh, we have studios that are focused on generating live revenues. Those are typically the studios that uh, I mean, have live games. And we have uh, studios that are fully focused on generating new innovative uh, games and ideas. These uh, studios are structured uh, or basically are a group of, of what we call here high performance teams. And my current role is head of a studio. And what I do, it's basically leading one of these uh, new studios, these studios that are, uh, which main goal is to create a high innovative uh, game. And what I'm doing here is is helping and coaching the game teams uh, that, that report to me to create the best possible games. I was about to say that pretty much covers everything, doesn't it? I want to make people make the best games. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, cool. That sounds like a pretty um, all-encompassing job, actually. I bet you have a lot to do. I have a lot of, of, of things to do. At the same time, the model that we follow here, or at least my role, is not a hands-on role. It's more a hands-off and a coaching role. No, what okay. I try Helping from outside teams, you know, on, on, on look at things from a different angle. Um, finding shortcuts when it comes to execution, you know, with my previous experience, you know, on other uh, games or ideas, and and also trying to help them on on close uh, technical or or talent gaps that they can have, you know, for connecting them with other people in the company or outside the company that could help, you know, to get the things on. Okay, excellent. Um, so, second question: uh, What does your day to day look like, even if you have a normal day to day? <laughs> that's a that's a very simple question and 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 an answer that every day changes. <laughs> no, <laughs> of course it does. It seems like everyone's does. Yeah, which which is fantastic. No, that would make our job uh, you know very exciting. Uh, I would say that we can structure my my, my day in, in two main areas. No, one is uh, my helping those teams you know on 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 their day to day you know so helping these high performance teams on their next steps, ensuring that they are good staff, uh, ensuring that uh, they have the right feedback that uh, I connect them, you know, to the people that can help them, you know, to take the best decisions, you know, inside the company or outside of the company, ensuring that they have or giving, providing them feedback on the strategies that I think that they should be following, um, et cetera, et cetera. The idea is that we give them feedback, never instructions, and then teams, you know, do what they think that it's the best for their game and their current status. And my second, um, like I would say, responsibility, it's, it's corporate initiative, no, because of, I mean, a corporate company member. Uh, basically, I spend also some time on company uh, strategy for the company for the future, accounting, PNL, partner relationships, etc., etc. No, also hiring. I'm responsible of hiring here of product people, you know, for social point. So this is my two main responsibilities. No, one is helping and assessing and coaching uh, the teams in my studio, and second, it's uh, corporate initiatives. 
And so you said that obviously with the structure that you've got, there's a lot of different studios and you're the head of kind of like one of them. Do you have a lot of communication between the studios or is it more kind of um, insular? Of course, of course. To capitalize on learnings, on past learnings, and that's key, you know, to accelerate and speed up towards, you know, creating the next uh, great game. I mean, you need to share as much things as possible, no? And there are things that are easy to share, such as technology, but there are things that are harder to share, you know, such as uh, knowledge, uh, you know, or or and market understanding. And, and, and for this, you know, we try to, you know, connect teams uh, between them and, 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 and communicate, you know, as fast and as much as possible. Are you all based in Barcelona? Yes, we are all based in Barcelona. And we really think that this is a competitive advantage, no? Uh, because being all here, we are like around 330 people. We don't want to grow that much on headcount. What we try to grow is as much as possible, you know, on, on, on talent, on human talent. And we think that this is a competitive advantage, no? Because being all here and making decisions extremely fast, uh, you know, and seeing, uh, you know, people that have the capacity, you know, to to give uh, constructive feedback on something uh, and then very rapidly, you know, align on the solution that we want to put in motion, you know, and start building up. We think that that's an uh, advantage that we don't want to lose. So for now, we don't want to plan or we don't plan to open other studios, you know, around the world. We all know that there isn't just one set path for getting into the games industry. So how did you get into the games industry? (laughs) That's a very good question. So my first 11 years uh, of work, I was not working on the gaming industry and I never expected, you know, to enter in the gaming industry. Working on the startup space here in in Barcelona and helping and creating even my own company, you know, and trying to scale it up. It It was a great opportunity, but at the same time, it's very stressful, no? I mean, you need to make sure that you are... I mean, creating the right product, trying to scale it up, always having a having an eye, you know, on the on the PNL of your company, you know, going for investors, you know, and getting money into your company, you know, to make the thing keep on running, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So after 11 years, with uh, some successes and some failures, I said. Well, that was great, but I want to help, you know, some entrepreneurs that have already found, you know, something really big and, and are in the in the phase of scaling it massively up, right? And that's the point where I basically get in touch with Social Point. And that's the point that I said, gaming, it's being big. I mean, it's an industry that it has a lot of components that are extremely sexy, very different, you know, when it comes to product perspective and even technology from others out there. Why don't try it? And six years ago, I decided to join. And, and, and that's the time that I've been here in Social Point. So that's my, uh, I would say, whole story, you know. I mean, like 11 years, you know, working outside uh, of Social Point, you know, in the IT industry here, helping, you know, and creating uh, startups, trying to scale them up. And six years, you know, working here in Social Point, you know, either leading great games or uh, trying or helping teams or, or myself, you know, getting hands on on creating uh, the best possible uh, games for the future. Brilliant. Um, I've, I've spoken to a few people when doing these podcasts and it seems like there's just no one way you don't go to uni and do a certain course and then you you know start at the bottom and you work your way up it's like there's so much variety i actually think it's really interesting hearing how people got into the games industry absolutely true and 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 there's even more work paths depending on the variant that you follow no because for game designer for instance it's even more word paths rather than you know product people or even technical people no it's there's plenty of paths to get here there's people that also you know uh, go to university and they know you know to get their or PhD or whatever, you know, that they are uh, going to enter the gaming industry. But there's others that enter here, 
you know, and they didn't expect them, no? And, and both of them enjoy a lot, and both of them, you know, deliver strong value and are very passionate about what do they do. So it's not even a link, no, between I wanted to make games and then I'm making games and I'm making great games, or I didn't want it at all and I'm creating great games. There, there's no, there's no even link, no, because there's no natural path or natural connection among those two uh, worlds. Yeah, it's cool. It's really, really interesting, actually. I'm really enjoying that not everybody's got the same story. It's always interesting to hear about. Okay, so next question. What is your personal career highlight to date? Uh, before being the head of studio um, at the current studio that I'm right now here, I was uh, I was leading uh, Monster Legends IP here at Social Point for two years. No? Monster Legends, it's, it's a top grossing IP. It has been like for the last three, four years, you know, in yeah. the top grossing games out there. And I was, I had, um, I had the experience, you know, to lead it. The truth is uh, I enjoyed a uh, ton. Uh, I thought when I joined the IP that I know much more about gaming that that in reality, uh, I mean, it was. In fact, I, I learned a ton of things there. I met a lot of incredible people into the team and external, you know, users that were extremely devoted. I was amazed about the user base. It's amazing to see what a game can create in people and how people get, uh, you know, attached and emotionally attached to a game and how important a game can be on their daily uh, entertainment routines. Everything I was like enjoying and, and delighted for every single day that I spent on, on devoting my time on Monster Legends. Brilliant. And do you get a lot of community feedback from people who've played the game? So you get to see like the positive impact it has for people absolutely that's and we don't need to forget uh, that we are in the entertainment industry no and inside of the entertainment industry we are in the gaming uh, let's say sector no uh, entertainment is about humans and it's humans that that and it's people that 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 decide hey instead of instead of uh, you know opening netflix i'm going to open your game and give it a try you know and i'm going to play for i don't know 30 minutes one hour or, or depending so that's why it's very important you know to make sure that you're capturing you know what the players want you know how do they want it and at the same time you're aligned at the no, with the company and making sure that both worlds that that sometimes you know um, when you look at them for the first time you know are not necessarily aligned you need to make them align and and it's very very important that that, that you incorporate this user-centric mindset you know into your into into running your 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 business and day-to-day operations oh, really? so absolutely that you need to take care listen to your community and act based it, uh, on um, I think my next question, you might have already answered it. <laughs> what, what is your favorite project you've ever worked on? Would it be the same one? <laughs> I would, it's, it's uh, to be fair, yes. One of my favorite projects that I work here is Monster Legends. But before Monster Legends, I worked in other projects that were, that they were also uh, great, no? I work on a sequel of Dragon City that never uh, was released. But, uh, yes, we tried to create a sequel for the game. But finally, we were not convinced about the product that we had. And because Dragon City was performing really well at the time that, that it happened, and we were not sure, you know, that the new game, you know, was going to perform as good, we didn't decide to, let's say, massively launch. Uh, but then with the same game, even, you know, we, we we pivoted to create something different because we said, hey, there's plenty of things that we like here. There's a team that we like, you know, there's a lot of art that we have created and an, and an IP based on Dragon City that we have created. And we tried to create like a soft core uh, RTS. Yeah. Uh, it also didn't ramp up, but I enjoy a lot on, and I learn a lot. And even these uh, teams started to create, I um, mean, the new uh, way um, of creating games that right now we do here that it's more based on, 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 on teams, more based on bottom top decisions, you know, rather than, you know, uh, some, some years ago, you know, it was mostly 
top bottom, you know, uh, portfolio driven. No, why right now it's, it's the other way around. You know, we have we have strong teams that propose the ideas that they want to work. Then we decide, you know, with the teams whether or not to work on 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 on, on these ideas. And and I have the impression that especially the last project before joining Monster Legends, it kind of you know settled the seat for the way that we are uh, doing our games right now. Brilliant. I mean, if you've worked on so many different projects as well, I mean, even if they don't come to light, the fact that you sort of enjoyed working on it so much must have been really good. Well, one thing that when you enter the gaming industry, a lot of people that have not worked here need to understand is that it can be very frustrating, but you need to be, you need to be ready for that. The number of games that we cancel, it's, it's a lot, no? Find a game that it really works out there. You need to work hard, kill many prototypes, kill less alpha launches and kill even some soft launches, no? And it takes a while and it's a long journey and, and, and you need to devote time, you need to devote passion and you need to be ready for and it's part of the job. <laughs> yeah, definitely part of the job. I, I imagine it can be frustrating, but I suppose it's one of those things you have to get used to like with any job, I suppose. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> no, it's very true. Okay, uh, so next question. If you were to do another role in the studio and it doesn't matter what it is, it doesn't have to be anything you're actually good at, just something you think would be really interesting, what would it be? I would maybe come back hands-on to creating games no i mean right now i'm 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 coaching teams no and trying to uh, help them giving my my feedback from my experience in the past and from my knowledge in the market you know and trying to connect them and, and staff them the, the proper way something that i've discovered here that building games it's something that it's like building products but with unique components that it's uh, psychology you know and and, and 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 beautiful art that it's totally different from product and digital services out there and i don't discard in the future to create, again, uh, games. Um, yeah, sorry, there's a bit of a weird noise in the background. I can't work out where it's coming from. <laughs> These are, look, you know what it is? We have three parrots here in the office, and I don't know what happened, but they got excited about my response. <laughs> sorry, there was a parrot in the office. Yeah, we have three parrots in the office. <laughs> That's amazing. What are their names? Uh, it's it's uh, Draghi, Lua, and Thor. That's incredible. Does someone in the office own them? Are they genuinely just office parrots? I'm really interested in this now. I think that, uh, like, once every day, uh, because we have people that who take specific people who takes care of the parrots, right? One hour on a daily basis, people can come here, you know, and play with the parrots because they are training, you know, to do things and to talk and things like that. I've never been here, you know, to be honest with you, uh, because it happens usually, you know, on, on, on meeting hours. But I know people that it really loves and enjoys, you know, to come here and, and have fun with the parrots. <laughs> that is fantastic. I absolutely love that. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was, just, I was like, what is that sound? It's a parrot. I never would have guessed it was a parrot. <laughs> <laughs> If you weren't in the game industry at all, what do you think you'd be doing? Well, for sure I could be building products because this is what I love, no? Um, products uh, that has a high uh, component, high technology component inside, no? Um, because I'm an engineer, you know, by, by, I mean, I was trained to be an engineer and this is what I what I really love, no? Then I would go mostly for mid-sized companies uh, that have a, a high bet on, on innovation and efficiency and trying to, to add value to their business. And companies that are more worried about uh, a higher purpose and results come after rather than the other way around. Uh, I'm a bit romantic when it comes to this sense and I think that yes we and it's perfectly fine you know we live in a world that we need to deliver results but results is the consequence of you going for a purpose no and then that's something that to me it, it, it matters and I would seek for a position that it's in between product development and business because um, I mean I think that my, my skill set is it's on connecting these three worlds together you know and making uh, aligning no and 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 look 
sectors. I don't know. There's plenty of sectors out there, and even more in the future because things are rapidly changing. You know, not only on gaming but everywhere. So it's very hard to say to ban a, a sector because in the future maybe you know they disrupt you know the sector in a way that that generates you know strong ideas or. There are new sectors just created. Yeah, if you love your job, I suppose just do it somewhere else. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> Open question, obviously, but um, what does social point do best? I'm guessing it's mobile games. It's a very, very good question. So what we do the best by far, it's running IPs for years, no? Well, we see other studios that their IPs usually are age faster. You know, we have the capacity, you know, to build IPs and, and sustain them uh, live for years, no? You have the examples of Dragon City has been there for eight years with no symptoms of aging, at least when it comes to revenues, and Monster Legend, which has been already there for six years, no? So we are very good on, on, on let's say, rejuvenating uh, our games and keeping fresh and interesting for a long and, and and, and hardcore uh, user base, no? If you check at it at the IPs, obviously what we are good at, it's creating breathing simulation and soft RPG games. And then also um, what things, a lot of times things that we learn from one game, we apply to the others, no? Which is a common practice out there that we try to do here. Monster Legend and, and Dragon City, you know, can, can look at uh, relatively similar at the beginning, you know, in the mid and long term, they are they are pretty much very different beasts that attract very different audience with a very different purpose. No? But yet we try to apply the best practices and the things that work, you know, and the things that our players uh, are are delighted about, you know, from one game to another. That's basically, you know, what uh, what we do the best, you know, running IPs for years. Brilliant. So when you're looking at the IPs that you're working on, is it always that idea about longevity as a sort of thing you're looking for? So you're not looking at a, at a throwaway game, you're looking more as something that people are going to go back to over and over again and create almost a habit around? This is for us a requirement, no? I mean, every time that we have, we chat with a team, would we make sure it's that, hey, why someone is going to play this game? you know, one day, 10 days, 100 days, 1,000 days, no? I mean, is this going to appeal, you know, a mass market audience? You know, is uh, it's people going to be interested in playing this game for three to five years? This is for us a requirement, no? And, and, and it puts um, uh, quality bar really high, uh, but it's something that we, I mean, strongly push ourselves, you know, to, to achieve. And in fact, we have killed games that they were, Okay, but not in the ranges that we were expecting, no. And and this is a this is a call that you need to have as a company, and and it needs to be clear, no. And what are you expecting, you know, to release um, to the world as a company? And 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 we decided that no, no, longevity and and, and let's say long term uh, sustainability, it's 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 key for us. I suppose my next question I've got down is what makes mobile gaming different? It makes it almost sound like I want to ask what makes social points mobile games different. With some mobile games, they can be a little bit throwaway, but when you're talking about games as habit and you wanting to see people playing them after 100 days, after 1,000 days, I suppose that can give your games a sort of point of difference from some other mobile games that might be being made. Well, when it, when it comes to the original question, no, that is what makes uh, mobile different, which is an interesting one, no? because, I mean, in fact, here in Social Point, remember that we report to a company, I mean, Social Point was acquired two and a half years ago already, no, or two years, three years ago, I think, already, uh, by Take-Two, no? which is a traditional console company. So we have a lot of times, you know, these, I mean, when we chat, you know, with the people at Take-Two, um, um, we have a lot of times, you know, a bit of, uh, I mean, we, we need to align on each other because they are very, let's say, proficiency on understanding the AAA traditional uh, uh, distribution and, and monetization methods, but we are different, no? Because we are mobile, and, and 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 what makes the whole mobile space different? I mean, the biggest opportunity in mobile is all free to play, no? This is uh, 
is partially new in, in, in some AAA titles, gaming titles, but in, in mobile, I would say that has been there forever, no? And because of this, this has created a, a mentality, you know, and, and a number of services around it. First, we don't release games and, 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 and let them die, no? Uh, which is, or not let them die, but do not support anymore, no? When we release a game, we take it as a service, no? And then the very first day that we release a game, it's 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 the most quiet one because what you know is that from there on you're gonna work even harder than what you worked, you know, in order to release it, no? Yeah. Especially if they are built for for last forever. You're gonna pay something, no? But you're not gonna you're gonna pay something, you know, to, to bring users in. But you're not gonna guarantee that these people, you know, it's gonna invest on your game. You need to be very sure that in the long term, you know, your um your game it's gonna be people are gonna are gonna get hooked up and and at the same time, you know, uh you will have a user base of, of players that you'll be able to convert to to loyal uh, customers no that they will delight and and they will pay for certain parts of it and the whole equation needs to make sense no and this is a this is something that it's uh, it's completely different no from triple space where basically you pay upfront um that's it there is a lot of also even partially for the cast no and the type of game that you are doing uh, try to understand it so i would say more way more it's way more risky which also leads to a um, a tricky situation when it comes from business point of view that it's most of the are binary no either work or don't work at all while in in console and, and and some parts on pc games you know you have more ranges or i have the impression not an expert on these areas but i have the impression that you have more ranges in between it really works and it works well or basically it doesn't work and also the barrier nowadays you know to release a mobile game it's it's being reduced no many uh, angles no and in many senses which makes competition you know arise which makes competition be global which makes the market also to be easily disrupted you are seeing nowadays you know small teams you know creating fantastic games and being able you know to disrupt in the crossings you know and then delighting a lot of players and this makes hard to uh, see on AAA no because budgets are extremely high and budgets even protect you know certain people you know to enter which is not happening on or not directly happening on on on, on mobile and this makes the whole thing uh, very different and exciting no and and at the same time hard to hard to predict and and hard to generate a, a success formula no which is basically why no one i mean there's obviously companies that have more more chances to success but success is not linked at all with budgets or existing user base or etc but other things that are harder to understand and forecast I suppose mobile game is a completely different beast when it comes to gaming in general. Um, yeah. It's interesting that obviously with you being acquired by Take-Two and they're kind of more proficient in the console genre, it must be quite a different thing talking to them about mobile gaming. I suspect that it took a while them to understand, no? Because it's a bit more risky. Every investment that we do, it's very hard even, you know, to know exactly how many outcome we are going to get out of it, no? There is also a high bet, you know, and plenty of, of things that we do. So far, it's it's, it's a fantastic relationship. Take-Two, it's an amazing company, one of the best out there, you know, that has the best creative you know one of the best strategies and and and, and it's great eh, to to cooperate on a, on all the levels with the rise of play anywhere software such as cloud gaming and stadia do you think the future of mobile gaming is looking bright this is a very good question i know that's why i like including it it's also very hard so first right now i bought i bought uh in fact i bought the stadia founders pack eh? uh, and i've been playing and 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 well i was mostly interesting from an engineering point of view right yeah i was surprised about how the technology worked to me yes it took a while you know to make the thing uh work uh, but I mean, honestly, I have a very good experience. Eh? I was uh, I was rapidly after 15 minutes, you know, playing no lack, you know, high quality, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, so from this, let's say, concept of you don't need to buy a console anymore. 
I think that will be there at some point, right? Then what I was expecting is a bit more uh, on the business model. And the truth is that especially, specifically Stadia, so far, in the future we'll see, no, but so far, when it comes to business model, it's not revolutionary yet. My, my, my second question is, is this revolution, this currently revolution or future revolution based on, on, on really what the, users, what the users want and need? I'm not 100% sure because people who is... I'm not sure that if you remove the hardware obstacle, no, because right now basically it's rent an online uh, console. No, that's the way that more or less study and, and and some of the services work out there. I'm, I'm not sure if, if this is what it's preventing. Let's say the next hundred million or two hundred million of of gamers to start playing the games that that they expect to distribute. I'm just not sure. Truth be told is that if you check 10 years ago and check what happened, you know, in, in, in some softwares that you need to install it and now are on the cloud, you know, there has been some services that have been massively gaining adoption just because right now you don't need to install nothing but just a web browser and some services that before you need to install, you know, software, uh, paid for software, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm just not sure that it's at the current moment, you know, plug it into what the users really needs. The other one is when it comes to business model, what I think that the real revolution can be, the truth is that the first time that I heard about this, I thought, well, Netflix for video games is coming, right? And I think yeah. that everyone out there is exactly what it thought. And somehow, uh, not study, but Microsoft with Microsoft Pass, which I think that it's even a much more advanced model, a much more mature model that it works uh, much more, much better. The truth is that the way that people consume video games, it's slightly different than the way that people consume other digital goods that are being supported by a subscription-based model. If you think about music, if you think about films, no? it's not only the cost of producing these, which in music is a fraction, Action, um, and in films is a bit more, um, but also the way to consume, it's different, no? It takes longer to consume a game uh, than to consume, of course, music and, um, you know, films or, or series, it's in between. So I'm just not sure that everything is right now aligned, no? That what the users are expecting, what the companies, uh, I mean, are able to support in order, you know, to get back their returns based on how people consume this content. But Clearly, uh, I mean, this trend, uh, when it comes to having no hardware at your home, no? So then you are always up to date and basically you have frictionless platform, no? And, and, and second, you know, this business model that are testing, it's something that everyone in the gaming industry uh, need to have a look because eventually, you know, these things could in the mid or future, you know, disrupt the market and then we all need to be prepared. Short term, I don't see this happening, but we need to see it. We need to see. It. No, like, no I, I'm inclined to agree that I, I thought Stadia was going to be much more similar to the Microsoft Xbox Game Pass type thing. And I think that in terms of how I game, the Xbox Game Pass has done a lot more than the Stadia has so far. I'm, I'm, I'm Again, I'm really interested to see where it's going to go. I mean, I'm not pro expert on it. By the time that I was checking it, when I got my Stadia, I remember that I had two games in Stadia, and then when I check on Game Pass, uh, it was like three games released on a monthly basis with already an existing library of 100 games. So if you compare, I think that in this sense, Microsoft guys are ahead. The only thing is that to access a Microsoft platform, you need some proprietary hardware, no? And that told be truth is that Stadia, you need some 
observability uh, hardware, which is Chromecast, but it's uh, relatively cheap. Uh, hardware will be replaced very soon, you know, for things that will be embedded in, 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 in the TVs directly, right? So, I mean, from a hardware point of view, Stadia, it, it has it generates less friction, but from a content point of view, that it's really what people, it's eager to pay. I mean, uh, Microsoft is ahead and, 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 and well, we'll see. It's, it's, it's clearly something that we all need to uh, have an eye on it. And it will generate also plenty of opportunities eh, that right now we cannot foresee, but I'm sure that, you know, there will be even new future uh, segments, um, place for games, services, and things that right now we cannot even imagine. And the truth is that uh, we have another giant that has not even said a word, no, that it's Amazon, you know, and I'm sure mm-hmm. that they will sooner than later, you know, come with something because obviously nowadays Amazon is everywhere, you know, and they're trying also to put eggs on every basket. And I'm sure that sooner than later, they will also start to push something in this direction because what we know for sure is that entertainment industry is gonna it's gonna grow, and there's gonna be a huge demand on entertainment content content all across the board, no? And gamings play an important space there. So, well, we'll see. What is the culture like at Social Point? The first thing is that we take here very seriously the culture. We recently went through a process of revamping a bit, you know, our cultural pillars. And we ended up on a very simple thing that is the way that uh, ultimately we are doing things here because we really think that. So we build culture here around three main core values. No? One is passion. Um, we want people doing what they love to do. For us, working in the games is a gift, and it's a gift that you should value. Second, it's innovation. No? We, we should be pushing ourselves to seek for innovative solutions everywhere. This is not only, you know, while creating games, but also while creating processes, creatives, marketing tools, etc., etc. No, so from daily routines to more bigger challenges, you know, we push people to be uh, innovative. And finally, transparent, no, sharing knowledge, sharing opinions, sharing successes, sharing mistakes in a humble and positive manner. For us, it's something that it matters a lot, no. So that's basically the three core values that we have as a company, no, passion transparency and innovation. Excellent. Perfect. Okay, so if someone was coming to visit your studio, so now you said there was lots of different ones dotted about, um, how would you explain the work environment of the culture to somebody who's never been before? Very good question that everyone before coming to Social Point is doing and should do in any company out there because you are committing long term, you know, to a company and it's very important that you understand what you are committing to. <laughs> the first thing is that here, I would say that most of the teams are self-organized. We basically align on with them with macro goals and we gave them full autonomy and execution. So this already leads to an atmosphere uh, that it kind of, uh, you need to be ready for, no? Basically, uh, the first thing is that it will push you to generate, to take your own decisions, to measure your own risks, you know, and then to execute based on the plan. Okay, there's plenty of people that it's excited about it because they want to create things and add value. And it's great that you give them freedom. But there's people that say, no, no, I mean, I want to be told what to do. And this is not for me. When it comes to people, we have here a large uh, multicultural, multidisciplinary team. No, we are all here. It's not like this is not studio that we only create art or that we only do product or we only do marketing. No, no. We are all here and we have like plus 30 nationalities, no? With people very talented coming from all sorts of disciplines, all sorts of statuses out there. Uh, and this creates a, a nice, uh, vibrant atmosphere. Very passionate discussions. 
I've, I remember, you know, having chats with, with people who just joined Social Point, you know, and a week after they, they were impressed about the level of passion, you know, that, that, that in some discussions we can have here, very healthy passion, no? because yeah. people is doing what they want and they generate, you know, like, like a healthy discussion a lot of time. And, and last but not least, we are asshole free environment. That's very important, no? <laughs> um, it's it's totally prohibited. We are uh, we are allergic to <laughs> uh, to them, and 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 we try to get them apart as fast as possible. <laughs> Excellent. Everybody needs that at the top of their their criteria. It's like no assholes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Okay. Um. So, what is your favorite thing about working for Social Point? Uh, well, there are many, to be honest with you. So, the first and most important, I always have the impression that I learn. I'm constantly learning. You know, and and and, and that's great. No. Because, because as a professional, you know, you need to be ready for learn and you need to be in a space that you are pushed with challenges, challenges that help you learn, you know, and, and, and that, that's something that I love. Second, um, we have here at all levels a strong agency and autonomy to execute what do we do. I mean, even from individuals to high corporate teams. You know, teams are provided with goals and then teams, you know, structure around these goals and, and they do what they think the best, no? With 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 more or less guidance. It's a company that is extreme, extremely product-driven mindset. We are not financial people. We are not here. I mean, people focus on processes. We are game makers. And because of these, you know, we know that it's all about, our future is about products and then we are very product-driven. And we know that cooperation uh, amongst teams, it's it's a must, you know, to create the best possible team. So we, 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 there's a lot of empowering communication here. As I told before, you know, I love also the fact that we're all here. That it's very easy, you know, to put everyone, you know, or people that 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 can help you, you know, to take the message, you know, in the same room and do it very quickly and efficiently. It's a bureaucracy-free environment. And when I told to other peers out there that work for either larger companies or more traditional ones, it can be a, a real pain, the bureaucracy, but here there's none. And finally, great and amazing uh, workspaces now in an amazing city that is Barcelona. Okay, cool. That leads on very nicely to my next question. <laughs> what is the best thing about living and working in Barcelona? Uh, 20, ti- 20 years ago, we need to make a lot of uh, PR about Barcelona. But nowadays, I think that everyone in the world um, in, um, knows and respects uh, Barcelona. No, uh, Barcelona is a city that it's, uh, it's, 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 it's great in all senses. No? We have a fantastic weather. I mean, the location, it's it's connected to everywhere. No, I mean, you can take, uh, I mean, national flights, uh, European flights, uh, international flights. The, the, the city has plenty of facilities, no? It has an extremely high level of, of quality, no? Um, maybe the gross salaries when you compare it to other countries are not that high, especially compared to some parts of UK and some parts of France. But when you compare the, and when you make the whole math, you know, and when you see how much are you going to pay, you know, on, on building, on, on, on education and, 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 and so on, and accommodation, education, et cetera, et cetera, uh, you rapidly understand that um, the, the level of quality it's much much better here we have also a vibrant gaming atmosphere social point contributed you know to create a gaming hub plenty of companies right now established here in barcelona companies in the triple a space and the free-to-play very different companies from many different places and even more coming because we we know that there are more companies that are looking seriously at being established at barcelona even a more incredible tech atmosphere 
No, I think that Barcelona is even at a better position when it comes to bringing in technical talent and 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 and, and money, you know, to fundraise projects. Well, in in this in this area, it's, we are ahead of Madrid, and 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 we are in a great situation, you know, compared to other cities of 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 Europe. And I've seen many cities, and there's plenty of cities that I I love. Honestly, never found something uh, like Barcelona when it comes, you know, to I mean, if you look at all the angles, Barcelona is quite unique and quite special. Okay, so what are the best perks or benefits of the studio? <laughs> I mean, we have a lot of perks, a lot of them. Let me try to remember the ones that we use on a daily basis. Just pick your favorites if you like. The one that I like, the some ones that I like the most, it's 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 food on a daily basis, no? And we have two options. We have a canteen here, or we can go outside to a couple of restaurants where we have a deal with. So basically, that that's great because you don't need to care about it. You don't need to go and buy your own food. No, no. I mean, everything is sorted, and it's the quality is very good. This saves you not only money, but also a lot of uh, headache and time the other one that i love a lot because i like to do sport is gym we have an, a great gym here with organized classes and there's plenty of people that benefit it's it's open the whole day and people you know can arrange the best time frame for them you know to go there we have training budget also we have Spotify, and it's, that's the one that I use a lot, as you can imagine. Some fancy stuff, such as Physio. We have Hairdresser. Um, we have, obviously, a fantastic games room. And we have also, I remember that from time to time, when Rockstar or 2K or Private Division, which is a, an independent level publishing label from, from Take-Two, they release a game. We got some copies for free, and also we have discounts to their uh, to their games. From awesome. Advantages when it comes to acquiring uh, games from the Take-Two family. You have a hairdresser. Is it like an in-house hairdresser in the building? Yeah, that's very convenient because, uh, well, basically, you just I mean, uh, ask through a form, you know, that you want to get your uh, haircut. Uh, you get an appointment, 15 minutes, and you are done. And you don't need to invest any time on it. That's fantastic. Me. That's so good. It, it honestly saves me a couple of hours on a monthly basis, no? Because you need to call, go there, you know, sometimes wait, etc., etc. And it's not only about the money, but about the time, no? That sometimes it's even more important than the money in some cases. So, yes, we have a haircut. It's kind of strange, you know, when I bring friends here, that's one of the things that I show them, all of them freak out. But ultimately, it's very convenient. No, that's amazing. I haven't heard of that before. It's like, that, that's a brilliant pick. I love that. Um, okay, right, questions. Um, what sort of things do you look for when people are looking to join the studio? Yes, we have very structured, you know, the hiring process. I'm going to talk a bit, a bit more about the product because I don't want to dominate anything, but more or less, you know, you have very relatively similar, you know, hiring process, you know, for all the roles. So basically, we look at three things, no? We look at hard skills, so specific skills that you will require, you know, to, to make your job. Soft skills, communication, you know, transparency, organization, uh, ability to uh, to take on challenges, etc., etc., and finally, cultural fit, no? And for us, Surprisingly, soft skills and cultural, it's even more important than hard skills in most of the cases because hard skills, a lot of them, you don't even know what you're going to need or you can be, uh, I'm going to see easily, but uh, I mean, with a good attitude, you can be trained, right? So then for us, what is a must? No, it's a must people that, that shows uh, passion no? about joining our company, uh, that, that they look transparent, no? have an, an exchange discussion with uh, with him or her, and he's going to be open about what, uh, what you're, uh, he, uh, 
the things. People with the right attitude, no, because what we know is that people with the right attitude can learn everything and can close the gap very fast, faster than people who already know things but don't have the right attitude, you know, to, uh, let's say, get trained on the things that don't know and then close the gaps. And people who is humble, no, because ultimately, yes, we are in a big industry, on a great industry, and in an industry that if you ring the bell, you know, you can make great things. But truth be told is that no one has a secret sauce and then everyone working in the industry should be very humble about it, right? No, that, that's brilliant. I think that's a really good attitude to have as well. I think a lot of studios, especially some of the bigger ones, can get a little bit hung up on, you know, exactly what people have worked on. But like you were saying, if you've got the right attitude, you can train someone to do the job and you can kind of train them the way that you want them to do the job as well. This doesn't apply only, honestly, on, 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 on gaming, but it applied also my previous experiences. You know? I've seen people with the right attitude making amazing things and people who... who apparently you know were the most skilled guys ever but didn't have the right attitude that it was rapidly surpassed by these other people you know that that because you know they have a strong motivation you know and a strong attitude you know they were able to quickly you know close the gap you know and 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 and, and basically go ahead um, okay so when you receive an application what sort of things do you like to see or things you don't like to see Currently, we ask for people that have some experience, no, in gaming, because when we understand that at this point, maybe some years ago when the whole industry was creating, um, that was not that important, no. But we, we prioritize a bit people that has a bit of experience, eh? although we are open to everything. And then again, uh, we rapidly start to chat with with people. I mean, we evaluate every CV that we receive. Uh, we I would say that we basically do not discard um, no one based on the CV, and and then we start to chat with people. No? And the very first thing that we look at is this person, you know, could, could fit, you know, into our company. It's also, you know, going through a hiring process. It's like, um, well, when you get married with someone, no? So there's a there's a process of knowing each other, you know, that, that it needs to fit from both sides, no? It's not it's not only you that are going to, uh, let's say, hire someone, but someone who is going to decide to invest a lot of time in, in his life, you know, in your company. Both projects going, uh, let's say, processes going around. So the first thing is obviously we are going to look at CVs and into CVs we'll make sure that at least, you know, he has some experience on the ground and some hard skill set. But very rapidly we'll enter, you know, into discussions with this uh, with this person, you know, to try to understand their motivations, you know, and if this person could be a good fit for the company, uh, you know, if he has the soft skills that we think that are uh, important, you know, to develop their work, to cooperate with others, to communicate with others, you know, et cetera, et cetera, no? So both both things for us are, uh, are important and, and especially soft skills and cultural fit is something that we really go quick into, into check this chapter. What is the one bit of advice you would give to a new starter, like an insider tip? People who comes right for new or who wants to join. The first thing is that meet people. I mean, meet people here in the company, be eager to learn. Don't think that you have learned everything. No. So keep your eyes and your ears uh, open. Um, make sure that, that you properly understand the background of what you are trying to achieve before doing anything. Because usually uh, we work on a very action-driven world and we try to struggle with analytical situations uh, no, where, where we try to uh, understand you know, what's going around and we try to rapidly push ourselves you know, to do, 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 do. But if you do without understanding exactly what you're doing or with, if you do without a purpose, you can end up even even worse than, than, than when, you, when you started. So take your time to understand, I mean, uh, what is the company asking to you and, and how can you get there? Uh, detect also where you can add uh, more value in the company uh, and act proactively. I mean, don't wait things to all the things come at you, but also propose 
basically chat, no, be proactive, be as proactive as possible. Don't be shy. Don't be, uh, don't be worried about no one is gonna, is gonna, is gonna blame no one for, for presenting or, or, or coming with a different, different way of doing things. So be as proactive as possible. Excellent. Okay. So last question. Um, what does the future look like for Social Point? <laughs> It's uh, future in games. It's um, it's a uh, uh, it's a very complex uh, question because it's maybe one of the industries that it's harder to predict. No, but what we what what I can tell you is that first. We are very happy and proud about the two consolidated titles that 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 we have, no Monster Legends and, and Dragon City, that are performing really good. No, we we, we really think that the um, strong culture that we have now focused on passion, on passion, innovation, it's uh, it's the best uh, cultural values and cultural setup that we ever had. No, we also think that we have a strong strategy on creating uh, new games based on people and based on teams. And we think that that's the way to create uh, innovative games in the future that will be played for millions. And finally, uh, we have the support of Take-Two, that it's one of the top gaming companies, one of the best strategies out there, that, uh, and, and our strategy is very aligned, no? because Take-Two is pushing for innovation, for quality, for efficiency, and we are um, in very, um, we, we feel very also represented and identified by those uh, values, and, and it's also you know, very similar to the values that we will have here. So uh, we think that we are in a very good position, you know, short-term and mid-term, you know, to have a great future. Amazing. Thank you so much. And um, that's all of my questions. There's no problem at all. And um, I've got one more question, actually. How do you pronounce your surname? Wow, that's complex. I mean, it's in Spanish, it's Zaguirre. Okay. I'm not going to be able to say it like that. It's Zaguirre, <laughs> I'm going to butcher yes, it. I'm very sorry. Thank you for listening to the Games Jobs Direct podcast. This episode was recorded, produced, and edited by me, Abby Dickinson. For any questions, comments, or suggestions, or if your studio would like to get involved with a future episode, send an email to Abby, that's A B B I E, at gamesjobsdirect.com. Special thanks this episode goes to Ivan Zagura. Sorry about butchering your surname at Social Point. Thank you for your time and the fantastic conversation. To find all of Social Point's current vacancies, go to socialpoint.es forward slash join hyphen us, or you can go to gameshopsdirect.com. You can follow GameShopsDirect on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Our handle is at GameShopsDirect. The music in this episode is from Incompetech by Kevin McLeod. To find out more, head to incompetech.com. Next month, I'll be chatting to Berlin-based mobile game developers Calibri Games. I'll be back in April with our new episode. Thanks for listening.